We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. And we are live. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Union of the Unknowns. Today with me, I have my co-host, Stella Q. Hey, Stella, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thanks. Always good to see you, Ashley. Yes, you too. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, we have a very special guest this evening. So some of you may know him from Twitter and his pretty prolific threads. And this is Tim Tuttle. Um, also known as Not Jolly McVeigh, that is was his Twitter handle. Um, welcome, Tim. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So um, I want to give you as much time to talk about everything. I just want to do a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about today. So in my, I originally found you from following. Jose from Tower Gang and Richard Booth. Um, and then your stuff started showing up. And of course, really interesting edits that you do and really interesting deep diving threads that make complex information um, very easily accessible in quick bites. Uh, so I really enjoyed your work. And I also wanted to let you know that I did... Um, archive some of your threads. I mean, not that many, but there are some over on uh, archive.is uh, um, if you are interested in me sending you any of that. And I I did want to give you a chance to talk about what happened with your Twitter account. I was always concerned about that because you talk about risky subjects. All right. Uh, I believe what they flagged me for was promoting suicide or murder. It was a Hassan Piker post. I can't even remember what he posted. It was something stupid, but I posted a Sam Hyde gift. And I think with what I post, so they probably closely were close, closely watching my account if I had to guess. Okay. That sounds about right. Have you had any luck yet in getting established with another account? No, they have my IP address, I believe. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we will keep you um, keep everyone updated when and if we see you on that platform again. Um, hopefully we will. So the other thing that I wanted to get into is what your threads are about. So could you give us a little idea of what your research is? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, originally, I, I've always, I guess, kind of been a conspiracy guy. But around a year ago, I've read Wendy Painting's book. It was a uh, Aberration in the Heartland of the Real. And when I read that, I realized how much research goes into any given event. So I've found several interests in several things like that. So I've like now, instead of like just watching Alex Jones or watching some podcasts, I'll read FBI reports, police reports, court records. I'll, if I'm interested in something, I want to know what's, what's presented. So I really know what's out there. Instead of, you know, just going by what somebody else is, what somebody else says. 
So was this kind of a rabbit hole for you? So like you picked up Aberration in the Heartland of the Real. You're getting some truth, some details about Oklahoma City, which Richard Booth calls Wendy Painting uh, the the guru on OKC. Um, and and then did you just kind of become obsessed with these topics? Or how, how did you even uh, get make the connection like – I can understand the connection being made from what we're told about school shootings and what we're told about OKC and other major events, but what kind of made the leap for you and got you like totally sucked into these, to getting to the bottom of these stories? It's a, it's a lot of it's eyewitness reports. Like with Oklahoma city, you realize how many eyewitnesses, say that Timothy McVeigh was not alone. It's like over 20. And then, I mean, no one cares. I mean, it's, I guess for me, it's knowing what's going on because I don't want to give be given a false presentation. So because it's always easier just to listen to someone telling you what's happening. But when you actually start researching any event, it's n- never what they say. And with Oklahoma City, it ties into a lot of currently what's going on, the same tactics and I, I guess it's sort of interesting to see the through line with that event, how it all carries on after that, if that makes any sort of sense. Yeah, it does. And I, I do talk about this sometimes that, that that was, I don't think it was the beginning. I I think this has been happening for a lot longer, but I do think that it was the next step in this very well-laid plan to try to um, neuter a, you know, people that believed in liberty and the liberty cause. Like, I don't even want to say conservatives. It came out that way that he was conservative and, or whatever, but I think the war on anyone who cares about freedom has been happening for a long time. And, and obviously we've seen that expedited in these last several years as well. Um, okay. So after you read aberration, then did you go directly to start studying uh, Columbine or did you end up just getting there after studying some other, uh, some other events? Oh, after Oklahoma city, I was on that for a little bit and I've always, I'm not, it's kind of morbid to be interested in school shootings, but it's how um, I, I don't know if that'll mess up the algorithm, the, the school shooting you're not supposed to talk about. I was interested in that right after Oklahoma city. And I wanted to think I had a post. I was asking if there was actually anything legit on it besides, you know, documentaries. And I read a lot of police reports and things along those lines. I still don't know what's going on at that shooting. Yeah. But uh, I believe anyone uh, for anyone wondering as Jose calls it, it's Schmandy schmuck. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, thou that shall not be named. Yes. The forbidden one. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so up to this point, Stella, do you have any questions? Because after, if Stella doesn't, then I'm going to move on. Um, I was just a little bit curious about how much, um, do you rely much on freedom of information type information? Or is this stuff readily available that you... Good question. Uh, with, uh, I, well, actually Reddit, believe it or not, as far as the unnamed shooting has got some FOIA requests, 
but with like anything you're interested in researching, it's also interesting to see what they will not grant under a FOIA. The Oklahoma City's the same way. Columbine's the same way. The the other ones the same way. The the ones that they will not release under a Freedom of Information Act. So that always raises some curious eyebrows. <laughs> okay, so, so freedom has a barbed wire fence. <laughs> yeah, it's limited. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you even go to find these FOIA requests, what they do, do not grant, all the documents? And and I also want to let everyone know that um, they can reach out to me. You sent me some good websites, a really fascinating YouTube channel um, that we can talk about a little bit later to sort of get some information on this. But where, you know, where do you go to find? Is it various websites? Is it one go-to place that you have? As far as uh, Columbine, there's a the YouTube account I sent you. There's a mm-hmm. he hosts his own website. It's a research the Columbine shooting, something along those lines, and it has like all of the county that was involved with Columbine was Jefferson County and a couple other counties. It has all the documents that they released, and there's a, about I got like two or three of those bookmarked, but they're all basically the same, different host and same information. So, yeah, so just, okay, to cover that, the Research the Columbine website and Research Columbine, the YouTube channel, I'm going to put the links in our show notes, but this person was, like, like totally obsessed with this. Like, they had done from starting, I think they said around, he said around 2001, I mean, he collected, like, all the Columbine yearbooks, he collected t-shirts memorabilia from the school i mean like true obsession and i don't mean that in a derogatory way but i mean his his interest was like absolute in this subject it was very fascinating um to see somebody go to those links of and not get tired of a subject you know what i mean yeah ethan i believe that's the thing he's a really interesting guy he's got some wild stuff on his channel Yes, and uh, and we can talk a little bit more about that. But uh, what I wanted to flow into next, so we, we have established sort of what got you started down the rabbit hole. And then the other thing that I would like to say, just like with OKC, the threads that you posted on Columbine, but the threads just in the story alone of how much information is actually out there, how much information to be considered and we don't possibly have time to go over it all and so we're going to discuss one subset of that uh but maybe if we get some feedback and tim if you are you know and i know oh oh that's the other thing i want to say uh you can always come back on here let me know but why don't you tell them a little bit about the series that you may or may not be doing with Jose right now? You have a two part series that's out with maybe a third. Is that correct? I've done two episodes with him. Uh, we haven't set anything up for the third one, but if he wants me to back on, that's I'll go back on. I like him. Okay, cool. So I will also put the links if they are available publicly from your conversation with, uh, Jose from Tower Gang. So, but if there's any other subjects, threads of this that you want to discuss with us, please let me know. It's very fascinating. The one that really got my attention, though, is the one where you had discussed that there was potentially some mind control, some experiments that may have been done on Eric Harris. 
Um, but before we kind of get into that, I just want you to do a, a quick overview of the official narrative of that day. All right. On April 20th, 1999, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold with a rifle, a Tech-9, and two sawed-off shotguns uh, opened fire on Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado. It lasted officially. It started at 11.17. I believe the, uh, the last official gunshot that they heard from them was around... 1205, 1210, sometime in there. And that that was it. They there was initially very curious about other suspects, very curious how they got so many bombs in the school. And they just eventually settled that it was just Eric Harris and Dylan Quaybold, and that was the end of it. And I had heard you asking some questions or saying that there's a couple of possibilities, but it, it seems like in what I have read of your work that you lean heavily towards these guys at the very least had help. Absolutely. At the very least to bring Oklahoma city into it, they had at least a couple of Michael 48s. They at least had some people that helped them get bombs in the building, help them transport weapons, whatever it was at the very least they had other Maybe they didn't even know what they were helping them do, but they had, at the very least, they had other people helping them get stuff to the school that day. Okay. So then my next question for you would be, what are your thoughts on the motivation? And this is where I kind of want to potentially bring in uh, the mind control subject, the possibilities for that. You know, what do you think about the motive officially the motive is that they were bullied by the jocks it's even on patty nelson's 911 call when she's on not talking to the dispatcher that you can hear him say uh, everyone with a white hat stand up the jocks all wore white hats mm-hmm. how true that is i don't know uh ron agner him and john decamp they that was involved with the uh, mark taylor going up against Soldier Pharmaceuticals, their opinion of the motive was that uh, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold were raped and that Eric Harris wrote a written motive in Dylan Klebold's yearbook. I think it was Eric Harris wrote it in Dylan's yearbook. I might have that backwards. But their opinion was that because they did mention shooting cops in the yearbook, so that's where they think the motive is. As far as witnesses describing their behavior and what they were doing during the shooting, they said they were laughing and treating it like a video game. So there is maybe the there was some sort of detachment or disassociation, which with mind control is a big component. Uh, McGowan's wrote about it a lot. Wendy touched on it uh, as far as how disassociation ties into mind control. And that's probably about the most eloquent way I can say it without sounding dumb. Uh, you don't sound dumb at all. I think that that makes a lot of sense that there is a detachment, right? Because you hear a lot about almost like m- multiple personalities being created. So they're not really themselves. They're someone else that they have been created to be. 
But who who were the suspected rapists of these? Because they were children. They were uh, at the time of the shooting. Eric Harris was 18 years old and Dylan was 17. And this happened a year prior to the shooting. So they were both 16 and 17 years old. It was a uh, deputy Walsh. I'm, I'm blanking on his first name, but he was the back in 98. They were caught breaking into a van and they were put in a juvenile uh, prevention program, something along those lines. They never had any problems out of that. They did good and they were able to, I guess, graduate from that program, however you, you would say it. But the theory is that the arresting officer, uh, they have a drawing that Dylan did that shows the arresting officer raping Dylan Klebold. And that's what they used in the Sylvay Pharmaceuticals trial. But a lot of it is redacted or they haven't released it. Like if they do release it, that'll be in 2027. So that's what John DeCamp put out. And Rob Agner, I think he he's also talked about it a lot. Wow, I, that's uh, super disturbing. I just wanted to um, sort of ask a little bit further about the freedom of information thing. Um, I just wanted to ask about if, you know, if it's limited and it's, there's only a certain level you can get to, um, is that not sort of basically them allowing us to see a part of the narrative that they're okay with? I mean, <laughs> it's, well, I'm uh, not sure how, how reliable whatever that is information a, you could get. That's a really good point. Uh, in Oklahoma City, Jesse Trinidad is still in trial with the FBI, and he wants, uh, he's foiled the, on the Murrah building, there was a camera, and he's foiled the, the tapes for that. How that ties into Columbine uh, I believe uh, Brian, I can't remember his handle. He was a really good Columbine guy on Twitter that I followed. That uh, there was a camera right in front of the library. And in the 11K, that's what Jefferson County put out. I read the witness statement that there was cameras pointed at the library that was recording like all day. And I believe he foiled some cameras around Columbine and they declined his uh, FOIA request. So it's. Uh, as far as what they won't release, like it's interesting, like you need key details and like, they're like, no, we're not releasing that. Mm. Um, I, I would imagine there'd be several different reasons for that. I mean, some things might still be in court or what have you, so I can get that, but I, I'm surprised they didn't just say, um, oh, the cameras aren't working. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, no, yeah. but those cameras no, weren't there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a Thanks. good question. And it is frustrating, right? Because, um, it's like the JFK stuff. If nothing else was to the story, if it was the one long gunman, then why don't we have every document that exists? You know, and just like in this case, do you know if there's ongoing litigation here, Tim? Uh, so they, the what happened with John DeCamp, Rob Agner, and Mark Taylor, uh, so they pharmaceuticals, all those documents will release in 2027. And what should be released, if they do release it in 2027, is Eric Harris's father, mother, was uh, they were put in front of the camera. They had depositions, and so did Dylan's mother and father, I believe, both of them. So there'll be depositions that'll come out, and it won't be like just them asking like a witness statement. It'll be like deposition lawyers grilling them. 
So do mm. you think there's something funny going on with the parents? Oh, uh, with uh, Tom, I don't believe he's ever publicly said anything. That's Dylan's dad. Sue Quibold, she had a, she wrote a book uh, called, I believe it's called A Mother's Reckoning. And from what I've read on her, I think she had a, I think it was the Huffington Post, something along those lines. It was, all, it was a, behind the, a paywall, I believe. Uh, she, she mentioned that there was mind control books at Eric Harris's house. And so she was explaining how that made her feel like, well, maybe my son was just another victim. But as far as Wayne Harris and Kathy Harris, those, yes, there's absolutely something going on with them. Like, they've okay. never said a word. Hmm. So why don't we get into the, and I don't know if you recall the specific thread that I'm talking about, but it is a thread where you go over some of the, just some of the Eric Harris MKUltra connections uh, or potential connections. So why don't you kind of go over, just see where it takes you, but get into what you think is fishy about Eric Harris's parents. And then maybe a little history as well about like the, the dad working for the military, New York, all that stuff. All right. Well, uh, something easy that anyone can find odd for themselves is, I believe this is in Harris Volume 2. Like, he had two volumes of his journals on the 11K. What's called the 11K. It's like 20,000 documents. But uh, his Wayne Harris kept a journal. I believe he kept them on both his kids, but he, he kept one on Eric. And the things he wrote... Yeah, that's odd to keep journals on your kid. And it's also odd how he was writing down what was happening during uh, the Brooks Brown altercation. Like Randy Brown is Brooks Brown's father. And he said during when Eric Harris came over to apologize that he, Wayne Harris just sat in the car at all the time. So while this is happening, he's like some weird dad just sitting in his vehicle writing what's going on like so thinking. that's it was yeah that's very odd like a weird scientist as far as his military background he was in the air force like he retired and then he started working for flight safety systems something along those lines so eric harris lived in plattsburgh new york until the time he was in sixth grade, I believe. And uh, very early news pieces, they interviewed his uh, childhood friends from there, and they, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe Eric Harris would do something like that. He was the nicest kid ever, things along those lines. So there's a lot of weird, there's a lot of weird stuff like that. There's a lot of weird witness interviews describing like completely different behavior out of both shooters. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're the nicest people ever. Uh, yeah. I mean, with Eric Harris, it's a little harder to believe because of the official narrative. But like, there was a lot of people that said like that that doesn't make any sense. Okay, so basically, from what you can tell, when Eric Harris was in New York, there he was friendly. He did not have issues with his classmates. He had friends. He seemed to be well adjusted, and no one thought that like they were completely stunned to see this behavior as what happened after Columbine or in during Columbine. Even some girls right before the shooting popped off while Eric Harris was in the parking lot, he had two very positive interactions with females. 
And if the official narrative is correct, that they were at the bottom of the barrel, they were weirdos and everybody hated them. That makes makes no sense. Like, why two random girls would just be nice to Eric Harris if they all know where the oddball he is. Yeah. Okay, so then... So he moves around the middle school age, and this is when the family moves to Littleton, Colorado? I believe so. Uh, the, he moved a lot before Plattsburgh. They stayed there for a few years, and I believe Littleton was right after sixth grade sometime in there. So why don't you tell us uh, about some of the information or some of the questions um about some of the mind control stuff with Eric Harris. Like, were there journals that talked about, or was this just an eyewitness saying, like classmates saying that Eric told us he was being experimented on? Or what what information do you have on that? Unfortunately, I wish there was like so many sources on that. The only source I've been able to find on this, I believe his name was John Quinn. It's like a blog post almost. It has like a weird background like it was written probably in the early 2000s he said uh well this also comes with a lot of columbine research there's a lot of research they claim they have the documents but they want it they won't show anyone but he said he had documents that proved that eric harris was drugged at plattsburgh air force base and abused and all that which i mean maybe but if he ain't going to show us the documents, I don't know how true that can be. Right. And then, um, is there any comments that align with that for once they got to Littleton, any other eyewitnesses or any other people that seem to maybe corroborate that or that they thought something weird was going on in that household before this happened? Well, I guess the most charitable explanation I could use for that is Eric Harris was on Luvox and then I think he was on no, he was on Zoloft first and then Luvox so he did he was on medicine so I mean it is in the realm of possibility his parents wouldn't have problems with him being force fed meds I guess Can I just um, ask more sort of about the researchy side of things um is that okay to sort of switch the actual topic, Ashley, or did you want to? All right. Go um, for it. There's a couple of things. I was wondering how you are going with your research and now that AI is sort of in the picture, like how do you deal with all that? Or do you tend to not so much rely on the internet? Well, uh, I have a web browser. It's called Quaint or something like that, and that usually gets uh, better results as far as when I'm trying to find something instead of using Google. I mean, that's the most I do as far as it's it's pretty good. I usually find what I need to find on there. But as far as like, even on YouTube, like if you try to find some of the research Columbine stuff, you have to hit his title word for word, letter for letter to be able to find any of his stuff. Yeah. That's the case with a lot of things. Actually, I've noticed it has to be exactly right. Even down to a full stop or period. You guys call it. Um, yeah, uh, so I was also going to ask, um, do you engage in the VPNs much, or um, how do, like is that? Do you I don't really understand. So I don't really understand it. Uh, the one I use, I think it has one on there, but I don't know. 
Oh, okay. All right. Now I was just sort of wondering how much um, you put into that side of things, like technically covering your tracks, that sort of thing with research or whether it's even necessary. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, it's sort of, it's tightening up here in Australia <coughs> quite a lot. <laughs> so I don't know how much. Well, as far as uh, I tried to upload one of my edits that I put on Twitter, I tried to put it on YouTube and it wasn't on YouTube for like 10 minutes before they took it down. So they're clearly okay. looking for certain stuff to not allow the algorithms at work, hard at work and getting better. Um, the other question I wanted to ask you was, um, do you, are you interested in um, events outside of the USA or do you tend to just stick with the American events? I've uh, researched Port Ar- the Port Arthur shooting a little bit. Uh, that's where I was heading. <laughs> yeah, that's, that one's wild. It's almost like the one you can't talk about over here as far as what they say he did and the amount of time that he did it. I was just wondering whether you had actually looked into that because I was going to ask you whether that was an interesting – because, I mean, obviously it was a massive turning point for Australia and uh, pretty much the point of it. So, yep, you've answered my question. <laughs> yeah. did, did you look very far into it or um, – I got that of... one guy – I can't think of his name. He wrote a fictional account of it. Oh, okay. It's yeah. like a – it's, uh, and I've seen the, they, I think the Australian police, they had like a training video. I th- I, it was probably a training video, but it got, I don't know if it got late, but it like shows the crime scene over at Port Arthur. Yep. And it's a, like, it's bananas. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was definitely a massacre. Yes. Very interesting. All right. Thank you. It is. Um, and, and a following on uh, some of Stella's questions, I this was a question of mine too. Do you feel concerned for your safety in researching these topics that are not allowed? Well, uh, with certain stuff, I feel like you really got to find out what they don't want out. Like as far as uh, the subreddit, I think it's called the subreddit Columbine killer or something like that. Like any sort of questioning of what happened at Columbine, like I'm banned in there. Like, and I was posting stuff that was in the 11 case. So there is definitely a clamping, uh, sort of a containment of information with events like this. Yeah. But as far as my safety, nah, I haven't seen any black SUVs yet. So I guess I'm still good. Yeah. I'm, and I'm glad. I'm glad that you don't feel concerned. But I, you know, part of me, has a concern for people that are doing deep dive research these days um, if they happen to stumble upon the wrong thing. Now, maybe they would just smear you or maybe they just are doing exactly what they're doing to you. They're just like stopping the flow of your information as best as they can. Um, And maybe that's really how they they manage that narrative and they will keep, you know, like your account from getting too popular. Um, Maybe that's... I think we need to remember that what the internet actually is, it was a tool created by DARPA. So I think if there's anything that they don't want to get out, it's not going to be on the internet. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's right. Very true. Um, okay. So to circle back to some of the mind control stuff, what is your opinion on that? Do you think that he was a mind control subject? And the other thing I would like to say is that the YouTube channel that you had referred me to this guy said that he thought it was possible, but not in the way that I thought it was possible, that they were mind controlled. So he thought it would 
it was being done, if it was done at all in a mind control, that it would it was likely coming from frequencies, which we talked a little bit about that uh, on the WTF forum last night, Stella. Um, more from a fire perspective, but just what they can do with these frequencies that they have. But so what is your take on that? What do you think, you know, or, or do you think there's something to that at all? I would think that you did because you did a a threat about it, you know? Well, I mean, Columbine high school in and of itself was sort of a mind control facility back in the early nineties. They had this thing called the, Deaf education program, they would bring, I'm, I'm assuming there were juniors and seniors, they would bring them to funeral homes, they would show them dead bodies, they would show them uh, crematoriums, thing along those lines. They had a couple of uh, students try to commit suicide because of this. So just even getting into the school, they kind of have this uh, education of death and a bunch of witness statements. There was a free flow of drugs in the school and other areas where a lot of students worked. So drugs were readily available. And with Eric Harris, I believe his father thought that he was taking LSD or accused him of taking LSD, thought he was at some point. So just also something very interesting that I think could be related to some sort of mind control is Patty Nielsen, When the shooting kicked off, she went to the door that overlooked outside and she thought that they were just doing another video, which will tie in a little later. She thought they were just shooting paintballs and thing along those lines. A lot of students thought they were shooting paintballs and think so. There's like this at Columbine, this constant idea that like students could just be shooting each other and they're just making a video. So there, there is sort of a programming or a, Something along those lines, because a lot of students didn't even know what was really happening when it actually happened. Like a desensitizing uh, environment, desensitizing program kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's I'm sort of seeing a, a, a I guess, a parallel with that online. For instance, um, I've noticed a lot of things now. Like right now, I'm looking at MK Ultra. I just just type in MK Ultra into a browser first thing that comes up is a movie <laughs> and this is something I've noticed over and over again that they seem to these movies books documentaries what have you seem to come out with these titles which are the sort of thing that people who are just starting to wake up or just starting to research and aren't really that good at it um, they're just going to put stuff and they're just going to be complete they've got to wade through all this other stuff to get to any sort of even beginning of actual information, unless they're a little bit more savvy about researching. So it's almost, I don't know, I just, maybe I'm being a little bit too conspiracist there, but I feel like there's this sort of a cover up flood. Like every, everything is covered. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're trying to dilute the real stuff and, and bog you down and, and sidetrack you and distract you with the other stuff. I think that you're a hundred percent right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well put. I mean, even with Columbine, uh, 97, Dwayne Fuselizé, I mispronounced his last name. He was a FBI psychologist, something along those lines. And his son went to Columbine High School. In 97, they made a, a it was titled Get Smart, and they made a mock Columbine video, basically. But they were running around in trench coats. They were shooting up the school. 
And then when you have Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold, they made a similar video. It was called Hit and for Hire to where uh, someone's getting bullied and the bully would hire them and then they would shoot the bully. So I mean, even with videos, they have this like sort of programming of, of the event. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think you hit it on the head, Ashley, when you said diluted. Yeah, they, that's exactly what it is. Very clever. Indeed. So what else, Tim? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, kind of getting back to the guys, like what actually caused it? Where do you land on this? Do you think there was some mind control? Oh, the other thing I wanted to throw in is that Really Graceful has a video on John Benet Ramsey. Um, I, I think Stella and I talked about this before, but that also took place in Littleton, Colorado. So it almost seems like a cursed town in some ways. And I've heard, heard you talk about it that like 30% of the town worked for Lockheed Martin. That was uh, around 10,000 people out of Littleton, Colorado, uh, Colorado worked for Lockheed Martin out of 30,000 people. And with uh, Ramsey, I don't think it might have been Littleton, but I think it was the next town over. It was somewhere way too close. And he worked for the father worked for it wasn't Lockheed Martin, but it was like some subsidiary of Lockheed Martin. It was something along those lines. And he was like, yep. It wasn't artificial intelligence. It was like it had something to do with facial recognition or reconstruction. It was something like human vibrations. Uh, that account on Twitter. That's all. That's all his wheelhouse. What he talks oh, about. Okay. I looked that up. Yeah. Well, the uh, facial, the original facial recognition. Well, I shouldn't say the original. It's probably been around for a lot longer than we know of. I know Peter Thiel from and Palantir had a lot to do with that. Originally, the clear view stuff, facial scraping. Yeah, I don't know so whether he's um, involved in that area, is he? Well, the dad's company was, uh, as Tim was saying, was like either working for or being bought out or something to that effect by Lockheed Martin. And they just got a huge bonus that year um, because that was their first like $1 billion year or something to that effect. And then the other weird thing um, in relation to mind control is that her dad had a VHS tape, uh, John Ramsey of how to create a mod, how to create a slave using a stun gun or something like that. And that there were marks of stuns on John Benet. Um, so there's a lot of weird stuff in that town and associated with Lockheed Martin and the military. And I don't know, it's just bizarre. Uh, even in Michael Moore's movie, uh, Bowling for Columbine is free on Amazon. Uh, there is also in Littleton, Colorado. I can't remember if it was enriched uranium or plutonium. It was some factory that had all this insane materials just right in the middle of town. So, so do you think it was something to do with that? Or do you feel like, because I think in most of these cases, it does not really add up the, the official narrative that these are just bullied children uh, doesn't really add up. There's definitely some weird stuff going on. And I, I lean towards even the, they were raped narrative doesn't necessarily add up. Like why shoot up the school? Why not shoot up the cop that did it to you? I don't know. As far as uh, 
where was I going with that? I believe on Research Columbine's YouTube account, he says that he had that in his notes, like on Research Columbine. And as far as the, it's called the Walt Rape text. And Rob Agner thought that was a Jefferson County document. So it does kind of get muddied in the water about what happened and all this. But from the researchers on Twitter, uh, I, I'm not going to name him. I don't think he wanted his name out. That uh, that Walsh might have actually been a pedophile. But when it comes to the motives, I mean, either way, it makes no sense. I mean, if it was bullies, I mean, they shot like, a, I don't know if you can say the R word. They shot someone that was mentally handicapped and they shot a black student. So, I mean, they weren't targeting cops and they weren't targeting bullies. So there is this either camp you're in, there is this big sort of discrepancy. Yeah. <clears throat> so can I ask, um, do you believe in coincidences, Mr. Tuttle? No. Right. Most, most of the time, no, but I'll try to, I got to be talked out of it, but I usually, no, I don't believe him. Yeah. Because there's two, I mean, even with the, the federal agencies that was involved with Columbine, I mean, uh, were in Pearl, Mississippi. I don't ever remember the U.S. Army or the ATF or the FBI showing up. So why were they at Columbine like an hour after the shooting? That makes no sense. And also yeah. with Columbine, why is there a grown man with Dylan Klebold? I mean, there, there's just certain things that don't add up. Yes, <laughs> like two and two is five. <clears throat> two, and, two and two is five. Yeah. Um, so here's a, here's a fairly large question. Just answer it as you will. Um, if someone was to say, who are they? Do you believe there's a they and who are they? In your opinion. Uh, <clears throat> well, I guess who are they with Columbine? It would be Lockheed Martin, the military, it would be the same shadowy people that killed JFK because everyone in Operation Northwoods with JFK, it was LL Limitzer. They were going to blow up. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, they were going to blow up airliners. They're going to shoot up movie theaters. They were going to do all this stuff. And it's strange how that guy went over to NATO, started doing the same sort of things. So when it comes to who are they, it's, a lot of the times it's where the money is in any sort of event. Yeah. That makes any sense. It's always follow the money, isn't it? But it's just incredible how these, um, into these tentacles all seem to hook up eventually, don't they? Yes. And I would also yep. chime in that they all go towards serving the narrative that we talk about all the time in our spaces, right? The um, problem, reaction, solution. And the problem, the big problem, in my opinion, is they do not want an armed populace, period. And that was the beginning. Well, I don't want to say the beginning, but it was maybe the start of a hot and heavy push to really manipulate a population into a certain behavior that they wanted to achieve because this was, you know, it was groundbreaking earth shattering when it happened here. It was everywhere. I mean, I know everyone here knows that, but it was, it was like, 
it was everywhere. It was all you heard about on the news. It was such a, um, a groundbreaking event here in the United States. And I, but it was the first and, but as we know, it would not be the last. And I don't know, has there ever been a school shooting that has happened that the official story made sense? I mean, even with uh, Pearl, Mississippi, it has a lot of similarities to Columbine. It was a, he wore a trench coat. There was a, sort of this weird occult thing that was associated with, and there was a conspiracy charge after that shooting. So, I mean, there's a lot of similarities even with that. There's a lot of weird stuff with the shootings leading up to Columbine and the ones that immediately followed it. So if uh, it's kind of like the order back in the 80s, this white supremacist group, uh, I think the head was Robert Matthews, and they were going to charge him with conspiracy, and that fell through. Like, one chain broke, and they had to drop the charges. And how that ties in with the Oklahoma City bombing, because it was like, why could they never try to charge anyone else besides these three guys? Well, they have this president that if you go go for the whole thing, you're not going to get it, probably. So that's sort of maybe the shaping of why there's always these lone gunmen, lone assassins, whatever it is. Or scapegoats. Yep. Yeah. Because mm. if you Off try it. to get everybody, you're probably, you're not going to. That's it. And uh, most people will never end up paying any price out of court, you know, in court or what have you. Um, there's always some kind yep. of, as you say, a break in the chain. Happens um, repeatedly, doesn't it? <laughs> Always somebody still walking around, no consequences. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, with all this stuff that you never get all the information because it would expose who's actually involved, which is government actors, whether they be, you know, informants or whether they are undercover handlers, whatever you want to say. Um, it kind of leads back to the same, you know, FBI. DOJ, ATF, uh, those and above. Yeah, and above, and the um, you know the military industrial complex is usually there. And then, like I said, there's always a narrative as well, which is usually disarming uh, the population in the name of making kids safer. National security. Yeah. So, Tim, in I know you have talked about the book program to kill. So. I, I did just want to get your thoughts and if that you felt like that was what this situation actually was. Absolutely. Uh, on, a, a, what is it called? The center for foreign America, the, the archive for Dave McAllen's website. He's uh, actually wrote at least, at least three pieces on his website on Columbine. And yeah, it's he because with, I've only I've gotten to the Henry Lee Lucas section of his book. I've I've been horrible at reading books, but uh, his uh, how serial killers kind of towards the late eighties kind of kind of died off, and they kind of swapped over to spree killers. And we still have serial killers, but I mean, even if you want to look at it from how a media handles it, like I think the last one is that guy in Iowa that Law and Crime Network or whatever is covering. So I mean, they don't really. The focus is on spree killing. Yes. 
I wonder if that's because of um, advances in technology of things like um, MK Ultra or what have you, whatever you label you want to put on it. Um, for instance, what I was thinking was like maybe a serial killer is sort of like with some methodology to control them. That seems to work. But then as technology advanced to perhaps uh, things like acoustics, then it sort of works better just to have one expendable person at a time, if you know what I mean. Like, is that viable? It's interesting how uh, how they use that program because you have lone shooters like uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Then you have Jack Ruby. Then you have Timothy McVeigh, uh, Patty Hearst, Saron Saron. And then you start getting into Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. So it's how they target people to do certain things. It's, it's very interesting because they're obviously they would have to be just doing something different to obtain that. Um, on the topic of serial killers, that is something that I have been, you know, throughout trying to figure out the truth of the world that we live in. I still held on to certain ideas of things that I thought were true, which is like, I believed in the lone serial killer, right? BTK, uh, Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, whatever. But now I'm at the point that I question whether or not that's legitimate. Like whether or not any of these serial killers that have become so famous are actually legitimate or are they created to, because we also, I think that having people be afraid is the big thing. I mean, that's what they want us. They want us to be afraid of what they're going to do of their plans. They want us to be afraid of one another. They want us to just not feel safe from various threats. And, As, uh, and, and be distracted. Oops. Yes. Constant distraction. As far as the programming with uh, certain serial killers, the, common theme that's really interesting is I think uh, the Night Stalker, I believe he had a relative that was in Operation Phoenix. There was a son of Sam. He was in the military. And uh, Eric Harris, he had a bomb, a pop bomb that he named Operation Phoenix. So you start researching enough of these guys and you start seeing the commonalities between them is always Operation Phoenix, military, things along those lines. With uh, the son of Sam, I believe it was the Process Church, him and Charles Manson. So it's these enough oddities. It's not an oddity. It's a it's a prime number, or whatever you want to call it. It's like that's the common thread. Yeah, a pattern has been established. Mm. Yes. Are you a pattern seeker, Tim? Uh, well. I'm, well, I noticed, but I mean, I'm not actively seeking them out, if that makes any sort of sense. Like, uh, yeah. you research enough of this stuff and you start seeing commonalities. Yeah, like, I'm, I guess, yeah. I'm not the Unabomber. I can't see, like, just patterns everywhere, but I, I notice them. <laughs> right, yeah. No, I wasn't accusing you of anything on that level, but <laughs> it is interesting. It's often the way a lot of people do follow things. So I was just wondering, yeah. Um, would you mind, I don't know if this is possible to sort of round up really quickly uh, an outline of Operation Phoenix. Are you able to do that just for listeners that might not know what that is? 
and for uh, myself for, as well. Right. Say from my under- all right. From my understanding, Operation Phoenix was uh, uh, this mass genocide that happened during the Vietnam War, that where U.S. soldiers were killing unarmed women and children, things along those lines. They were trying to uh, start conflict between di- different Vietnamese, uh, I guess you call it villages. Things along. It was basically a fear campaign in Vietnam. And I, I'm not a master on that subject, but it is a it's a very common program that comes up in a lot of this research. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not a master in any subject, really, but particularly that one. But um, just recently, because I, I find the whole geoengineering weather modification thing quite fascinating myself, and um, just doing a little bit of research into fires as uh, weaponry, basically. Um, a lot of that was happening in Vietnam. There was, and I just wonder how much of that was just a massively multifaceted event. Like they get to do this, they get to do that, they get to um, test out all their weather modification stuff. Well, yep. Um, trial, trial, trial. Yeah, like just a one great big experiment. You know, um, what do you think about that? Like, is it is? Um, do you find that everything is generally very, very multifaceted? Like it, it achieves so many different things all in one event. With uh, Columbine, as far as weather and things along those lines, uh, William Zabal is the only researcher I've found that claims this, that uh, uh, the school of Columbine was targeted by Hart, and that was the reason SWAT couldn't find anything in the school. They were, like, walking in circles. Uh, there was a lot of weird things that happened the day before. I don't necessarily believe that, but, I mean, as far as Columbine, that was that is an odd thing to put out there that harp was targeting the school and okay. i don't i don't think that answered your question i'm i'm sorry no that's all right i wasn't sort of really specifically pointing towards columbine in that question i was just really generally you know all these massive events that happen that are even down to war you know world wars you know that it's so multifaceted of course i mean it's going to be of course but also in a very intentional way, like um, an experiment, basically, a, a big lab. Um, we're going to try this, we're going to try that. And it, I don't know, I just feel like yeah, I mean, always... they have they always have their own goals. I mean, the war in Ukraine, they say it's for democracy or whatever it was, just like the Iraq war. I mean, they have their own ends and their own goals, and it's probably never what we think what we think it is. So... On top of the massive profiteering, yes, of course. Exactly. Follow the money, but also follow what they're trying to achieve with that. And and it definitely is multifaceted um, in a lot of ways. And I have been thinking that a lot of these things are psyops and trial balloons, even dating back to, you know, World War II, right? Um, A lot of things happen there. And... What did they get out of it? They got out of it creating a state. Um, you know, they took country from a group of people and they established another country from that. And they just acted like that was the most normal thing. Um, and then there's a certain narrative that is being perpetrated all these many years later that you're not allowed to ask questions about. Um, so it 
it has gone towards limiting freedom of speech of asking questions. It's gone towards uh, setting up, you know, another chess piece in the the new world order, whatever you want to call it. Of course, created a lot of money. It took out a generation of men. Um, a lot of things. And I, I think the school shooting stuff is in a similar way, you know, to, to get people's reactions and to try to elicit a certain reaction. So I would say in the case of Columbine that it was more about um, the gun grab. But then I also think that in today's more recent shootings that we've had, like Uvalde, for example, that there that they have been not just a cis white male or whatever you want to call that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're trying to elicit a slightly different reaction from some of the newer ones. I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I think uh, Bolsman Booty had a, a post on Uvalde uh, that they had this state-of-the-art security system to where cameras would scan uh, possible threats, uh, school shooters, whatever you want to say. And it completely missed Salvador Ramos. Mm. So, I mean, the, what would be in common with that in Columbine is how uh, uh, dozens of police reports allegedly that Randy Brown said Eric Harris was dangerous. I mean, they kind of, I don't know if they retroactively do this, but there's they always kind of want some sort of warning or it was obvious but, and then it happens, and then they have that. Like this school security system completely missed Salvador Ramos, and he went went to Rob Elementary School and did what he did. So I mean, there is sort of built into these things like an element of uh, more of a more of a security state, maybe. How like we had all of this set in motion, and it wasn't, it, it didn't work. I mean, that's an idea. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there's certainly a lot to dive into here. Um, we're right about our hour time frame, so I wanted to just ask if um, Stella, if you have any closing thoughts, and then we can uh, see if Tim has any closing thoughts there. Uh, yeah, I'd really like to um, invite Tim to look up the movie Brazil, <laughs> just for the sake of your name more than it. But you, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's a 1985 film. And I uh, highly recommend that you have it on a fairly large screen and nice, lots of bass, <laughs> especially for the opening scene. Um, and if I, if I may just read this really quick paragraph from um, Wikipedia on the film. So the, the very beginning without any uh, spoiler alerts. The plot. It's just the beginning. In a dystopian, polluted, hyper-consumerist, overbearing, bureaucratic, totalitarian future, somewhere in the 20th century, Sam Lowry, the main character, is a low-level government employee who frequently dreams of himself as a winged warrior saving a damsel in distress. One day, shortly before Christmas, an insect becomes jammed in a teleprinter, which is like a really old <laughs> computer for the young people, which misprints a copy of an arrest warrant it was receiving. This leads to the arrest and death during interrogation of cobbler Archibald Buttle instead of suspected terrorist Archibald Tuttle. So it's sort of like the machine got something wrong and then there's this whole ripple effect. And uh, Archibald Tuttle, the terrorist, is played by Robert De Niro too. So it's a good film. Yeah, I'll check that out. It's going to go on my list for sure. I'm pretty sure I've heard that movie before, but I just never got around to watching it. 
Yeah, that's well. I thought I thought you might have got the inspiration um, from the film, as I was saying to you before. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much for being with us today, Tim. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. It's been good. Yeah. So, Tim, uh, do you have any closing words on this subject? You know, where is your research headed next? What are you going to try to do uh, to communicate with people? I know when we were uh, messaging, you're saying it's not that bad to be off Twitter for a while. I agree with that. Um, but you do have contacts in this, uh, you know, in this game and kind of what what's next for you and any closing thoughts on the Columbine issue, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm currently reading Randy Brown's book on Columbine. I believe it's called uh, Lies, Cover-Ups, That Columbine, something along those lines. And as far as what's in the future, I'm not real sure. I mean, I'll stay on social media for a little bit. Maybe I'll figure out how to get back on Twitter. Maybe try to start making content on YouTube or Rumble. I don't know. Uh, I'll see where it goes. Definitely. Well, please keep us updated because I I would like to maybe have some more conversations with you on uh, your research. And then also certainly would like to get the word out about where people can find you whenever, uh, if you end up making a channel. The other thing I was going to suggest is maybe Odyssey. So maybe Odyssey and Rumble, something like that. But anyway, um, keep us, you know, keep us up to date on that. So we can tell people where to find you. And uh, thank you so much for your time. I have really enjoyed speaking with you. I really enjoy your threads. Um, and like I said, I do have some of those archived, but I wish I would have archived all of them. <laughs> um, but anyway, so with that, I'm just going to close this out unless you have anything else, Tim. Uh, thanks for having me on. It was fun. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Great. So... For the unknowns, I am signing out for us. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. You can find all of our contact information on our link tree, unionoftheunknowns.com. And um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks. 